I, I have calls to action, obviously, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, when did but, it take off? Like, I mean, you've you've had how many episodes now? Like, you, golly, five five fifty now, and um, I just hit seven hundred thousand downloads actually over the weekend. Seven hundred thousand downloads. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah I'm, that... I'm, goals a million by the end of this year. So it's it. It was like I would say it ramped up. By year three, I was hitting anywhere between eight to 12,000 listens or downloads per month. And Mm -hmm. then when I crept into like halfway through year three, rolling into year four, that's when it started to get to like 15 to 20,000. And now, you know, there's some months where I hit 40, but average I would say is 25 to 35,000 per month. Nice. That's awesome, man. Way yeah. to way to stick to it. Way to I'm sure you had an optimization process as you went that all it's visionaries can learn from. Consistency. And and I, I showcase it. So it's like I post a, it's a, it's always on YouTube, it's Instagram. Like, you know, the only way that people will find out about what you're doing is if you tell them what you're doing. So and I I you know I use my community as a way to kind of shout myself out. Like when I when I hit the seven hundred thousand downloads, I made a post about it. And some people are like, oh, I'm definitely gonna take a listen now. So it's like the yes. social proof and credibility, you know, people are looking for that. But it, it took like it took that. a while. I like that you you appreciate the tactic, but you don't glorify it. Yeah. You know, there's a difference. It's like you, we all learned how to say please and thank you. That doesn't make right. us bad people. Because no, we learned the tactic. Um, you know, and and so some people are kind of like, I think there's like a phase going through industries where people are worried that, oh man, I, if I'm principally driven, I won't use tactics. Um, you know, and it's no, the tactics aren't the problem. It's how we use the resource, right? The, that's the challenge. So speaking of, um, I'd love to know for our audience, what are three resources or three books that you'd recommend any visionary pick up and, and learn from? Um, so there's a, there's a, you know, it's funny, my wife and I, when it, whenever someone um, joins our mastermind, um, number one, uh, we, we give them a little mug, but we also give people uh, three books that we love and three of our favorites right now. Uh, number one is the science of getting rich by Wallace D Waddles. I think it's just such a, even though the book was written like 115 years ago, those are the best. It, it's it, all the, the money mindset is such a big thing. Everything has been predicated from the teachings of that book. Any money mindset book you have ever read, is based on that book, every single one. And the there are so many nuggets that you can pull out from that book. But I would say the big thing for me is when Wallace talks about living in a world of creation and collaboration instead of a world of competition and comparison. Um, the second book I would say is Marketing Made Simple by Donald Miller. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's a genius. I mean, I, I'm just gonna say it. Like he is the foremost, I would say leader in, in marketing. And what I love about that book, it it goes over, it's like a $15,000 book that he charges $25 for because he gives you the keys to the castle, you know, the, the benchmark of having 7,500 emails to, you know, 
making sure and i i love his the concept of how he builds everything out with the airplane and you know the fuselage is represented you know the wings are represented the engines are represented that's your marketing your sales all that <laughs> stuff um for anyone that wants to learn how to properly market your business that book is is a must and the third one is something more recently it's not a recent book but it it crept into uh my life and my 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 wife's life and that is the war of art um by stephen pressfield and that book is just hands down it's just one giant like great slap in the face because he he talks about the difference between an amateur in business and an expert in business and the habits that amateurs have when they're going about business and the habits that experts have and being a professional. The other thing he talks about, which is really important, is the law of resistance. And he says, you know, amateurs fade away and run away from resistance, where professionals and experts lean right into it because they know that the path to least resistance is leaning into resistance to get on the other side of it. So I would say those three books foundationally are just amazing and I recommend them for everyone. Those are phenomenal resources, uh, two of which are new to me. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about that. I like old school books, especially because you can see how has the principle withstood the test of time. Um, right. Which is, you know, I don't think everybody wrote their financial book or their growth book with that book in mind. But again, that that but it because you can see like, wow, this this hit all of the same things on the head. It, it's like as a man thinketh the book by James Allen. Um, yep. You know, it's like every motivational book you find right now that's pure and good. You will find those same concepts in that exact same. So that's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, I'm also really happy to hear that about Donald Miller. Um, I've also been, I've been a distant fan of Donna Miller and I came across a string of people who did not get great results with what he does. And at the same time, you know, we always, we have to remember visionaries that it's not the teacher's job for the student to pass the test. Um, right. It is the teachers there to provide the materials, but sometimes we're going to have people who aren't able to pick up what we're putting down. Um, and I also, so yeah, it was, uh, that was great. Um, and the war of art. I'm gonna look oh, that I mean, you will, you will love that book. Love well, I'm, I'm a guy that dives into resistance and I've been met with plenty of people who are very offended by that. Um, you know, or very, you know, like, why don't you, why don't you calm down? Why don't you go the easy route? You know, basically, right. um, and I love you. That's not my route. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. we, we keep going. So well said. All right, we'll go to the break. We'll be right back and we'll dive into Scott Aaron's vision of living your legacy now. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And I am so excited to have fellow podcast host, but mountain of a man in a show compared to my show, Scott Aaron, um, whose show, <clears throat> Networking and Marketing Made Simple, has 123 reviews on Apple. He's got 
a couple hundred, 554 episodes laid down to help you with your growth. And I can't wait to bring him on stage. We're actually going to be talking about the vision beyond the podcast as well. Um, and that's one of the greatest blessings we can gain visionaries from other visionaries is knowing how are they going about their success, um, right? What What's going on behind the scenes? There's so many people who go down a path of success and regret it because they, they gave up so much to get there and they don't want to talk about those things. On the flip side, there's other leaders who are rising up and thanks to books like As a Man Thinketh or The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss and beyond, they're realizing that, you know what, maybe we can have our cake and eat it too, even though past generations didn't think so. Um, so lot, lots of opportunity there. We'll dive in. We'll bring them on in just a minute. Before I do that, I want to point out a couple of our sponsors, people and entities that we support tremendously, one of which being The Law Spot with Melissa Gray. Uh, Melissa came on the show. I was nervous to have her because, I, you know, a lot of lawyers are very pretentious. Um, and so here she comes onto the show and she's got this wonderful personality. She understands that legal does not have to be complicated. And she just like, she's somebody that was like, man, I want to hang out with this lady. I want to know more about how she goes about things. And I have been so guilty of years past, not only not seeking the legal counsel I need, but also working with, I would say 95% of the more than thousand companies that I've consulted with in the work, but did not have any legal counsel on staff. And that's dangerous in the world of business. So I'm not here to scare you on that. I'm hoping you learn from my $20,000 lawsuit regarding our trademark at Restaurant Connect. I'm hoping you learn from the distributors who, or the, the clients who send you chargebacks and you don't know what to do with that. Or when Apple patents your software the way they patented ours, or right now Vision Pros, man, I'm excited for Apple. I hope we don't get in a fight over that one, um, but their new product is stellar. It's so important that we protect our visions and have people to do that. I would just consider in your lineup of people to interview as you look for how do you protect your brand and vision in the process. Then there's directional advisors with Franklin Parker. Franklin Parker um, worked in the home office ecosystem, meaning supporting an individual who is billionaire status and learning how to run finances and, and helping them with uh, financial advice and how to scale wealth. Those individuals think at a completely different level than I'm going to say we do. Right. I don't think too many billionaires are listening into this episode right now. So I always say until um, maybe once I've reached Jeff Bezos status, maybe once I've got the amount of money in my bank account that Bill Gates have, maybe then I'll claim to be a financial wizard and know exactly what to do with finances. Until then, I have got so much to learn. And he's a wealth of knowledge. He was also on the show. Feel free to check both those episodes out. And I will never, ever host this show without talking about the water project or some other similar cause, because there are billions of people in this world who need tremendous help. I'm so lucky to be able to get water um, anytime I want it. And there's millions of people who don't have that. The water project does an excellent job of showing us what they actually do with the funds that we provide them. You actually get to pick the project kind of like a Kickstarter. You get to learn about it and see if they're building a sand, a sand dam or a borehole well. And you get to see that project come to fruition because they give you social media updates. Now, for me, this is an opportunity to realize that my dollar went towards helping generational impact. These are kids that get pulled out of school to go look for water that might not be safe for their families. These are parents who have to abandon work to do that. Um, if you're not in a position to help financially, we understand that COVID economics has been hard on people. But if you are in the position to where you can at least share that or just tag somebody or say, hey, let's check this out. That's one way where you might be able to inspire somebody to make impact. Maybe they'll donate $100,000. Maybe they'll donate a dollar. I know it means a lot to those people. 
So without further ado, Scott Aaron, thank you so much for being on Vision Pros Live, man. It's an honor to host you. Well, Jackson, grateful to be here and looking forward to the conversation. Yes, sir. Diving right in. You know, you, you're doing so much for so many 700,000 downloads. Um, you know, that's a lot of people or your mom clicking a button a lot of times, um, right? To make sure that you're successful. Probably a combination um, of the two. <laughs> Mine too, man. Um, but with that, what is your vision for those that you serve? To give people hope that nothing is impossible and the life that they want to create, the impact that they want to have, the business that they want to create and scale is possible when you have that belief. And I think that's the thing. My wife and I believe so much in ourselves and we believe so much in other people. We want them to have the same narrative about themselves. And I think it's just really shifting that mindset around to a mindset of growth uh, instead of a mindset of lack and realizing that Everything is possible if you truly believe it is. I love that law of attraction. Uh, I, you know, I would I would call it the law of attraction, the law of the harvest. There's lots of different principles and laws um, that you're talking about, as you mentioned the opportunity to serve. What is your vision for you? What do you see for yourself on the horizon? Well, uh, creating a, a clear vision is something that my wife and I truly believe in, and for me. My, my personal vision is continuing to have the work-life balance and work-life integration that my wife and I have strived very hard to create for ourselves. You know, we work three days a week right now, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, and we give ourselves the other four days off or just as flex days to really focus on other things because we believe in the principle of living more and working less so you can spend more time with those that you want to spend with when you want, um, how you want. And I think that's that's the, the big vision is uh, continuing to work smarter and not harder and enjoy every single day that we're given because we, we hear the analogies all the time and we hear the, the quotes that life is short, but it really is. And until you're smacked in the face with uh, maybe a health ailment or a challenge or a problem, you know, you have to appreciate the days that we're given. And that is something that I, I really believe in. And, and my vision is continuing to show up each day very authentically, very genuinely as myself and being a beacon of, of hope uh, and also an example of what is possible. And uh, just, again, leading by example. That's that's the whole thing. Nancy and I don't want just the success for us. Uh, that's why we're writing a book about it. That's why we do what we do. We want to blaze the trails for others. And uh, we have as many seats available and our bus is possible. So all are welcome and we want to see everybody achieve what they want. I love that you're able to tie the principles of a book like the war of art, um, with the idea, the balance of the four hour work week, um, you know, and the realization that, you know, you don't, you don't have to grind to get there. Now, I think a lot of us misconstrue, um, you know, what Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk's intentions are with the hustle and the grind. Um, you know, we, we don't know what it's like a lot of us to get out of the hood, um, right. To escape, um, you know, a, a criminal warfare in Uganda, um, you know, to, to have to give everything that we can to build a life for ourselves. Um, I think sometimes the hustle and grind culture gets permanently embedded us, whether we need to do it or not. But I'd like to play 
devil's advocate a little bit or give you a chance to, Scott, do you think that the hustle and grind is required for certain circumstances in life or that it never is? Um, you know, and, and how do you balance, again, a three-day work week um, versus living your purpose? What, what can you help visionaries understand there? Because we all have a choice as yeah. entrepreneurs. Well, I, I think there's always going to be a time in your business journey where you are working really hard. You're, you're never going to just kind of cruise along there, depending upon, I would say, what phase of business that you're in. Are you pre-launch? Are you early stages? Uh, are you looking to grow and scale? Are you established? So it, it really depends. And I think, you know, Gary sometimes gets a bad rap for, you know, promoting this hustle culture, which he's more recently kind of uh, detached from. I think that was just a projection of where he was in his journey. And he was kind of projecting his journey of, of hustle to other people. And they kind of latched onto it. Uh, I, I think the more appropriate way to state it is whenever you're looking to build something uh, that's, that's meaningful, that is your own, it's going to take time and it's, it's not going to happen overnight. My, my wife and I believe in the core principle of treating your business like a 401k and not like a lottery ticket. And the fact is, is that anything that we do is not get rich quick. It is that compounded effect. And there are certain times when, when you are in your business that there's going to be some long hours. There's going to be some trials and tribulations. But what I will say is when the foundations are laid down, that is when the walls of your house can be built. That's when the windows can be installed. That's when the front door can be put on. And that's when the roof can be put over your head. But I think depending upon what stage of business that you're in, it will require more of you at certain times. And then as you grow, like Nancy and I just hired a full-time COO. Um, but that's, you know, five, Ooh. it's like... Yeah, I mean, but it's seven years later. So, yeah. you know, it was just us all like, in year seven, we hired our COO. So it's not yeah. like, it's not overnight. It's it's a process. And I think, you know, slow and steady will always win the, win the race. I have analogies for days. Like I love the tortoise, <laughs> I love the tortoise and the hare aspect because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Um, you know, businesses should not be built around speed. They should be built for distance, right? You want a legacy business. And that's why uh, the final analogy I'll leave you with is uh, you can take Usain Bolt, who's arguably the greatest short track runner in track and field history, put him in any marathon, he'll lose every single time. He's not built for distance. He's built for speed. So just understanding, I think for the people that are watching or listening to this, just understand that there will be times where you're working more than you maybe would like and you're going to be quote unquote grinding maybe a little bit more. That's just, that comes with the territory of growing a business. It's not always like that. It's a phase of the business that you're in. Yes. I love it. So one of, one of the big examples that's come up between the two of us on this show already, um, I want to honor for those who are building in today's, today's world. You know, we were doing podcasting. I was doing it for video power marketing back in 2013 or so. Um, you know, it was, it, we were doing a special guest hangout, we called it. Right. So we had video involved in it, but nowadays, like 
that's a big part of the norm is getting yourself out there in the world and, and really distributing your voice to the masses. And it can be scary when you got haters, um, right. Who, who talk bad about you. It can also be scary if you don't recognize the difference between somebody who's hating and somebody who's appreciating, but you're sensitive, right? You get defensive about it. It's like, you didn't say, say that, um, Usain Bolt was a bad runner or did something bad with his life because he can't run a marathon. The news wants to manipulate that type of stuff. You know, that's drama. That's exciting. Let's get let's get clicks with that. You you glorified the reality of the difference to, to support your analogy um, in relation to long term business growth. I say Gary V was bad, you know, for for hustling and grinding. I'm saying I think from my perspective of living in Uruguay for two years and seeing people like really suffer through poverty that what he teaches and what he talks about with that is incredibly relevant for certain people in mm -hmm. life. And yeah. that, that, and so when we're able to navigate, like it took us, I, I, I'm a projecting now and you don't project. That's another big thing that I really liked that you talked about was rather than, than project and assume we understand where somebody else is coming from, right? You've learned to have the diplomacy to recognize the harmony in different perspectives did that come naturally for you as a leader and as a visionary or is that something that you developed? I, I sucked at that badly um it took me a lot of development i think a, a lot of the things in business are are developed over time uh whether it's the the, the foundations of of what you've built or the lessons that are learned and i i think for me i i learned from a very early age because i got into entrepreneurship when i was about 19 years old and i'll be i'll be 45 uh in two months uh less than two months about seven weeks and uh you know for me when you're thrown into the entrepreneurial ring at such a young age it, it was such a benefit to me because i wasn't quote unquote in the real world yet like i've been psychologically unemployable since day one so i i never <laughs> Even though I, I did graduate with an HR degree, I was going to college full time and running our family business full time. I, I was getting wow. the best of both worlds. I was getting you know the education needed to to bring it back to my real world business and vice versa. And I think that was kind of like that that double doozy of a positive effect on myself as a uh, as a person, but also as a professional. So I definitely faced more challenges at uh, a younger age than a lot of people maybe would have uh, but that was to my my advantage because Absolutely. now now when certain things arise in business yeah there there are emotional hiccups where maybe the, i overreact or you know cuz i'm a very uh I, I work off of gratification and making things that are right and when there's a wrinkle sometimes i have to do a a check within myself but a, a lot of those things that that come up in business, they're that's the armor that you've been kind of building up to to face. You know, it's it's uh, uh, the entrepreneur roller coaster by Darren Hardy. You know, he's be best known for the compound effect, but um, or Success Magazine or Success Magazine, one. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, his uh, that book, The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, it, it, it couldn't be any more spot on because if you think about when you go to an amusement park and you're in line to to get onto that roller coaster and you sit down in that seat for the very first time what's the first thing that that you know the person running that that ride tells you to do you know pull that safety harness down and you do that because 
much like business in life, there's going to be twists and turns. There's going to be ups and downs. You know, sometimes that roller coaster actually starts backwards, right? right. It doesn't even, it doesn't, you, yeah. you take, you take 10 steps backwards instead of the going forward. Shot effect. That's yeah. Right. I mean, I remember, you know, even, um, the, uh, there's a, there was a Dorney park and wild warrior kingdom was the kind of like our local amusement park. It's right where I lived outside of Philadelphia. It was like an hour and a half drive. And they had a, it was the largest wooden roller coaster in the U S at the time called Hercules. And the way that the ride started was this just uphill climb. And they were, it was a click, 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 click. Mm -hmm. And then you get, you get to the top, it stops, and then it shoots you straight down. And again, that's how sometimes a lot of businesses go. It's that slow climb, right? And you, you reach that yes. pinnacle, but the 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 peak of one mountain is the valley of the next and you have to just work through those things and i just i i like you know bringing analogies to things because i like yeah. to paint pictures i was just having a call with one of our mastermind members and you know i said when you're doing your workshop you know her and her husband are doing their first workshop i said don't under deliver on the value give enough value just like you would at a black tie event um, you don't want to fill up on the appetizers because then you won't be able to eat the main course. So just give people enough of a sample size where when you're ready to open the doors for your offering, they're going to really want to dive in and want to eat everything that you're offering. So I, I think it's a lot of it is mindset and and uh, the, the view of, of what we have with it and, and how we go about it. Love it. The mindset, the strategies um, to, to compound that, the fireworks show. Right. It doesn't start with the grand finale. It's called a grand finale for a reason. Um, right. And so if your business launches with the grand finale and then you don't have room to follow up on it, it sometimes torches your, your audience doesn't want to come back for the next show. Yeah. Uh, like, OK, well, that's cool. But I'm not coming again. You know, it's, it's, it's over. So there are lots of of realities that we should be preparing for as entrepreneurs in order to have the most effective presence on impact that we want to have. So let's dive into a dark subject on this. What is your worst leadership experience ever? It could be yours and it could be one you've experienced. Worst leadership experience ever. That's interesting. Uh, I would say it was more on myself because so the, the, the backstory of how I got to be an entrepreneur was not the traditional one. Um, you know, my, my family went through trials and tribulations. My, my father, who's still one of my best friends, um, mentor, you know, everything, you know, made some bad business decisions early in his career. He ended up going to federal prison for two and a half years. Um, and, but he made sure that his ducks were in a row, uh, before he left. And he, uh, with the help of my two grandfathers, uh, purchased a, a failing health club uh, in downtown Philadelphia. And when he went away, he turned the keys over to me. He goes, you got to keep this thing going. And I was a sophomore in college. And there were a lot of ups and downs. But I think for me, this was not like to blame my, my dad, not to blame my mom. But I think for me, I didn't take the, uh, the bulls, the bull by the horn, um, quick enough because we had owned two gyms. We sold them for a, a really nice amount of money, uh, opened up a third location. 
a lot of most of everything was put into my name just because of my family's credit situation due to my father's past. It's just what you do as a family member, right? Mm -hmm. Like we were we were in it to win it. But I think for me, I was um, naive, uh, but also I I almost like leaned into the whole ostrich effect where I just buried my head in the sand mm -hmm. and I just kind of wished upon everything would kind of work itself out on its own. Uh, but it did end up leading me to have to file for personal bankruptcy in 2016 to kind of wash away all of the things that that I had knowingly and unknowingly had done uh, from a financial perspective with the business. So I feel that lack in self-leadership uh, enabled me to be a better leader now for the team that my wife and I have, but also sharing that experience with the people in our programs uh, gives them the path to go down to and to avoid the path that I went down. So I would say that was probably the, the worst leadership experience, my, my, my self-leadership experience. That's that's powerful. Um, it reminds me of the my first co-founder. Um, I was the junior co-founder by far. I mean, he had been building for 11 years, a system called Restaurant Connect. And in, before our peak, um, about a year and a half in, we we're struggling and, and really pushing hard. I mean, we had some intense moments um, of what we were going through. And he told me a story about how when he was an executive chef at a James Beard restaurant, when it would get really busy and things would get crazy, he'd know that they needed onions. So he'd go in the back and he'd chop onions. Um, and his business partner, Carl Bergermeyer, came in and just rel just destroyed him and said, what are you doing? Blah, blah, beep, 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 beep. Like, you should not be chopping onions right now. We need you on the front lines guiding things. He had stuck his head, right? Ostrich in the hole. So he's sharing this story with me. And then he goes, Jackson stop chopping onions. <laughs> I was like, oh man. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he was going to spin it on me. Um, I, I didn't have that level of self-awareness yet. Um, but whether with the ostrich in the hole or with the person who goes in the back, again, these analogies, again, I'm, I'm all about them, man. Bring, bring them to us. Let's dive into the best leadership experience you've had though. What does that look like? Uh, so I, I think for me, uh, it was that moment where I, I decided to, to file for bankruptcy when, uh, you know, almost eight years ago. Hmm. And I think for me, why I feel that was my best leadership experience is because at that point, well, number one, I knew I was getting a fresh start. Number two, I know uh, I knew I would have a great story to tell. And number three, uh, I would Which also, yeah. And, and sorry and, to interrupt you, but I'm like, yeah. Yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> and I would say th the third thing is that I would create a level of relatability that a lot of other people couldn't because to be a great leader, you have to be able to share everything. Uh, and I, I feel like in today's online marketing world, there are a lot of facades uh, put up where everybody thinks business is all sunshine and rainbows. There's, you know, you just start something and you're going to make a lot of money. And I, I, my wife and I really pride ourselves on keeping it real. Like we, we share the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, it's, it's, it's there. And I think for me, uh, understanding that when someone comes into one of our programs that is in a, a great 
place, but they see it as that they're in a bad place. And then I kind of share my story of actually where I was just eight short years ago. It helps them kind of turn the mirror around and say, you know what? There's people out there that could have it worse than me. And I think that's a, that's a really uh, tough pill to swallow for a lot of people, but I need to be very open, honest, and transparent with people. If, if people are going to look up to me, uh, it's just what Spider-Man says, right? With great power. Um, Uncle Ben. Yeah. With great um, responsibility. With great responsibility. I mean, and it's, it's the key. So I knew that if I was stepping into this leadership role where I was influencing other people in a positive way, I couldn't hold anything back. I, the, like I was not going to leave anything swept under the rug. I was going to showcase, highlight, and share it all because the more relatable I became to my audience, the more they knew, liked, and trusted me. Not that I required that. It's just the natural human tendencies. People work with, buy from, and link arms with people that they know, like, and trust. And I pride myself on doing that every single day. Uh, I, I want to be that that beacon of light for a lot of people that may be in a dark tunnel, and I want to let them know it's going to be okay. I've been through the ups and downs, but you know what? As as Les Brown says, you know, no matter how many times I get knocked down, if I can look up, I can get up, and that's that's one of my main mantras that I live by, and I I, I literally stick to it every single day. That's so powerful. I love this quote: "To be a great leader." You have to be willing to share everything, the good, bad, the ugly. Um, you know, it's it's so worth doubling down on. It's <clears throat> it's hard to provide results to an entrepreneur who's not willing to lead. Um, you know, and and so you're you're helping people catch that on the front end. Like if you're going to get the results that you want, then you have to be willing to lead. And leadership does require that level of vulnerability. There is a context for those of you who are listening. And you're ready to go tell you your entire story, um, you know, on live, um, that you certainly, you have to protect your non-disclosure agreements, uh, right? You, if you have those, you have to be willing to, um, you know, you don't have to be willing to, I recommend being careful with what you say and how it might affect your personal familial relationships. You might want to discuss that with some people first before torturing your mom, um, you know, about whatever she did to you as a, as a 12 year old. Um, you know, there, there's nuances that, you sometimes can't come back from with people who matter, but there's also if you're in the middle of a mergers and acquisitions scenario, it might not be appropriate to reveal uh, certain details about that. That doesn't make it uh, make you not transparent. That makes you know makes you aware, um, intentional for your realities. I I've twice divorced. You know I I wasn't sharing that publicly with everybody and anybody, and it wasn't that I was hiding it. Me too. Twice divorced buddy. Um, so we, you know, that, that, uh, yeah. And I, I mean, just, just to interject, like no relationship in my life, I never considered a failure. Um, right. so many positives from every single thing I've experienced. And again, it, it, it prepared me for meeting my wife. And yes. so there, there's no negativity or ill will, or it's everybody has a different journey. They go down. There is not it's not a straight line. Everyone's life looks different. And and again, I I don't have a fear of judgment anymore. You know, I did for a long period of time. I cared what other people thought and how they felt. Um, 
And I even remember saying to my sister, you know, when, when I started dating again, um, I said, who's going to want to be with me? You know, like I, I had two marriages that didn't work out, you know, um, like I, I, I have baggage and my sister said, listen, people will love you for you. And, yes. and it, it was a great piece of advice because again, I, I, I could have lived by that narrative that like, oh, I'm, I'm damaged. I'm, I'm broken. You know, and then you can uh, find somebody else who has that damage and then you end up both having destructive habits versus right. Healing. Yeah, healing everything. Out, listen, out every, everything out. works out for everybody. And, and that's the mindset. Like everything happens for a reason, for a purpose. And it's that half glass full aspect. Yeah. Um, you know, just I want everyone to, to live the best life. We get one, we get yeah. one go at this. <laughs> so let's make it our best. That's right. Mine's abundant, man. I, I love the analogy. And I'm like, my glass is overflowing. Thank you. Uh, you know, it, it is. And so, so when you can find that and see that, uh, John Whaley was on this show, he's a phenomenal leader. And he he talked about, uh, not the silver lining. He, he used to talk about all the, and we, we both came to the conclusion of like, wow, like our, our adversities have been our silver road, um, mm -hmm. you know, to the, the greatness that we've been able to accomplish and achieve. And, and the same is true for all you listening in. I, I just want to double down on what Scott said. Um, if you want to lead people, then be vulnerable because people won't know where you're leading them to and they'll, they'll feel it. They'll know that they can't follow you and they, they can't see your path because you're not sharing it with them. And naturally that's going to lead them to have a, a very hard time connecting with you long-term unless they're also faking it until they make it. And you don't fake it till you make it. I think that, that that's a lie. Yeah. I just, I have a really tough time with perfectionism because mm -hmm. it doesn't exist. And I feel that social media has given people this false perception that perfection exists, meaning they have all these prim and proper pictures and it, it's like their life is one big photo shoot. And that's right. not, that's not, those reality. are the highlights. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's the highlight reel, you know, and, and I, I, you know, and then people share, you know, all these drunkalog posts where they're just writing on and on and on and on. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, who's got time to read all that? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm too focused on like what I'm trying to accomplish. Like, I appreciate what people do and what they share. I just wish there was more honesty and there was more openness and more truth. Yeah, and and again, oh, like, I, I, I gotta I, ask I, you real quick though. I don't want to lose a chance. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta ask if this was the last chance you had to rock the mic and to share a powerful lesson with visionaries about your experience from your experience, rather, what would the final power lesson be? That, you know, this is something that I took away from an interview I did with a, a friend of mine, Cody Shewin, a Canadian bestselling author uh, of the book, Everyday Legacy. And he shared this one impactful thing for me and it has not left. And this was nearly like four years ago. And he worked in the uh, funeral parlor industry so he was surrounded by death for nearly 20 years. And he said to me, Scott, uh, you don't have to wait until you're gone for your legacy to be felt. You can leave it while you're still living. And that rocked my world. I mean, it, it just, it basically, it stopped me in my tracks because I realized that I had a responsibility not for how I show up for myself, but how I show up for the people that look up to me. And I want to make sure that 
I'm leaving my legacy right now so people can feel it, they can see it, they can believe it, uh, and they can dream it themselves. And I think that that's the, the big lesson is that your legacy, it's happening every single minute, every single hour, every single day that your eyes are open. You just have to realize it. I love that. <clears throat> we're going to dive deep into that. Um, we're going to feature a portion of your legacy um, while we do that. Um, but in terms of helping visionaries, you know, living your legacy now, how, what does that look like, Scott? Well, I, I think for one is doing things that you actually love. And I, I can honestly say that uh, everything that my wife and I get to do as co-founders of our business, The Time to Grow, and all the programs and the mastermind that we run, um, we get to help people build their legacies. And I think that's what it's all about. It's, it's helping people uh, earn more to to have more to be able to do more and i always tell people the money shows up when the impact is felt so when people work with us whether it's in any of our programs or you know my coaching or consulting or our mastermind uh the idea is to then pass down everything that we have learned and and how we've become successful uh to teach other people how to do the same thing we are not an anom anomaly we are not special you know yeah, we have some aspects of us that are very unicorn-ish. Like I, I do believe that we are very special people, myself and my wife, but there's millions of special people out there. Every single person listening or watching this, there's something about you that is very unique and special. And that can be highlighted, showcased, and put out for the world to see. And that really is what that's what your legacy is all about, all about is what you can what can you do today to leave one person better? And uh, and that's what we really focus on. What can you do today? So that's the write down of what can we do today to make one person better? And then you've got a system now where your ripple effect um, and of having all these episodes out there um, is, is doing that for multiple people at once. Hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's so cool how uh, I'm just, I'm just bought into that concept. I drink the Kool-Aid. Um, you know, that's, that's what I love. Tastes good. It tastes yeah. good. Drink it, it all does. you want. Drink it's a great, it you want. it's a great talk, um, by a name, man named, uh, M. Russell Ballard. And he talks about honeybees. If you were to look up his name and that, you'd probably find anybody would find the talk. Um, and he talks about how the, the, the amount of honey that a bee provides to the hive on a daily basis is almost so small that it's almost insignificant yet. Mm we have all the honey that we have available to us because of these bees and their little work. And he relates it to the divine power of saying hello to somebody and how we often take that away from ourselves, the, the value of those small actions rather than recognizing that that's exactly um, what we're, what we are able to do and, and supposed to do to make an impact in this life. And we don't have to, we shouldn't be upset or lose sight of the value of those moments just because of the highlight reels available on Instagram and everywhere else. So I'm, I'm yep. paraphrasing by far from what he said, but um, that, that concept is, I hope my kids, you know, when they do those little things, I hope that they are happy with themselves at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know that, that impact that they made, no matter how small it was matters tremendously. Um, Cause it's not fun to live life when you're constantly threatening yourself or thinking that 
you're not of value to the world. And, and so you, you hit one more thing and I'll, I'll and my, my soapbox on this, you talked about you guys knowing that you're unicorns, you and your wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, we do live in a world where people think, Oh my gosh, that's arrogant. No, Scott's confidence and his value of himself does not contradict or challenge your value. It's not a competition, right? There can be 8 billion amazing people on this world. It's not about who's number one. It's about being, you know, appreciative of the fact that you're beautiful, Scott's beautiful, I'm beautiful, etc. It's a whole world. We're able to come together and stop tearing each other's beauty down. It would be a beautiful thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I think for me, it's uh, two things. Number one, um, I, I know that we're special because we're getting people results, and I think that's uh, makes me that value-added person. It's it's not about my success; it's the results that other people get. But uh, my mom shared this story with me a few years ago that I never knew about. Um, and she told me she was, uh, she was picking me up from preschool one day and, you know, she picked me up, she put me in the car, my, in the car seat or whatever. And the teacher followed, followed, uh, followed me out. And, uh, the teacher pulls my mom aside and she goes, I just got to share something with you. My mom's like, okay, is everything all right? And she goes, yeah, everything's fine. She goes, I just let to let you know there was something really special about that little boy. She goes, I just wanted you to know. And, uh, you know, I still get the chills when I, when I even just talk about it. Cause my mom said from that, like from like, she knew it, but to, to have an outside perspective, uh, when I was only, you know, four and five years old, someone saying there's something really special about that kid, uh, you know, a sparkle in his eye, wh- whatever it was. Um, but that's every, every single one of us, every, you know, I could go on and on and on. I, every single one of us has a gift inside of us. And I'll go back to something that Les Brown said. Um, Les Brown talks about how the graveyards around the world um, have some of the greatest songs, greatest movies, greatest inventions that will never be made, never be heard, never be seen uh, because they're buried with the people in those graves. And the last thing that I want personally is to go to the grave with my gifts inside of me. So I will make sure every single day that I'm sharing my gift in one way, shape or form with those around me to make sure that it's not going six feet underneath with me. Vision pros. You can subscribe to Scott Aaron's podcast, networking and marketing made simple on any one of the major podcasting platforms on the landing page as well. You'll have the opportunity to see what actions Scott recommends and and what paths he's put in place to help you with your success. And if you have a desire to come on the show and share your own vision in the top right hand corner, you'll see a button that says, be our guest. If your vision is wholesome, if it's helping other people and whether you're, I don't know, uh, Elon Musk or Joe Smith that nobody knows that doesn't matter to me. I want the great visions on this stage, but Elon, you're always welcome, of course, as well. Um, so with that said, guys, thanks for being here for the show. Have an excellent rest of your week building out your visions, and we will see you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an 